Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here, your master coach. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So grateful to have you with us today. Today we're going to talk about my trip to Disney. Uh, The last few days, we just got back literally like... I don't know, two hours ago. Um, We live in Miami, so it's like mm, three and a half hour drive. um, So not bad at all. But we just got back and I learned some lessons about my nervous system while we were at Disney. And I thought it would be really helpful for me to share this kind of revelation that I had with you because one, I think it's going to be really encouraging for you because I know you've experienced something similar. And then two, I think it's going to give you some permission to just feel more and stop trying to be something that's unrealistic. Um, All right. So let's, let's get at it. First, I guess though, is that I kind of want to preface this conversation by saying that I'm not really a Disney, Disney file. Is that, is that what people who love Disney call themselves? Like everyone has their things. If you are a Disney file, awesome. Just not my jam. Um, Never really been my jam. Just, you know, too many people, too much stimulation for me. It's hot. There are long lines. There are a lot of families that appear to be more stressed out than having a good time. And it's just not my idea of a good time. Um, So I say all that to say also that I probably, one, my kids were always so young when we've brought them in the past. This was our third trip with kids. Um, the first time they were terrified of all the characters and they just hid in their strollers. So that was pointless. <laughs> and then the last time that we went, it was better, but it was still like they were so young and it was, it was a couple of years ago. So they were probably like, I don't know, two and three or even three and four. And the lines were still too much and the heat was still too much and they only had so much of an attention span and they weren't really into the rides and stuff. So. I don't know. That was kind of a letdown too. So my experiences at Disney have probably been very different than yours, but this time we had such a great trip. Um, but I did learn something that I want to share with you guys. And then I guess the second thing I want to talk about before I jump into it is that I do understand as I'm going through this, that taking my family to Disney is such a beautiful and special privilege. And I'm just so grateful to have healthy children that I can pack up with my husband and just drive away for four days together, really living memory burn moments one after the other. So it was beautiful. 
But let me just tell you about day one. <laughs> let me just tell you how this, this family vacation started. Um, we left Monday morning around like 7, 7 a.m. This is the kids' gap week between the end of school and then the start of summer camp, which starts on Monday. So they have a week with a week and a half pretty much um, with no child care. And we've done it in the past and it's no big deal. We get through it, but it's not really fun or easy to try to get any work done when you have small children um, home. It's frustrating and you can't really get a lot done. And it's either one or the other, right? It's like either I'm going to work and they're going to be in childcare if I'm going to get any real work done or they're going to be home and I'm going to have to be realistic in how I get work done in little pockets throughout the day. So I can also be present with them because I don't want to be just like plopping them in front of the screen all day for 10 days straight or just constantly telling them to be quiet or go away or keep themselves busy. So we're like, all right, let's just go away to Disney for a few days, fill some of that time, have a great time together. We haven't gone in a couple years. Let's do it. So I don't know about you guys, but I like packed this car to the gills. We're driving to Disney for four days. Um, but I went out, I went to Costco. I bought so much like food and snacks and drinks and all of the things. Um, way too much enough, enough to feed a small army. Right. But we're just also excited because we were going to get up there on Monday before lunch park, hit up Magic Kingdom. Um, the girls had never been, and, and me neither. We'd never been to Cinderella's castle or inside Cinderella's castle. So as soon as those rezos opened up, like, I don't know, two months ago, I made a reservation for us to have dinner there. I guess it was dinner or maybe, maybe it was lunch, but 4 PM, super awkward time, but the only time they had available when I booked it and the girls were just so thrilled. They had all their like little princess dresses and shoes and jewelry and accessories and like all of that stuff so thoughtfully picked out and they had packed it all up in a separate bag so that they'd be able to change before their, their, their royal dinner with, with Cinderella. Right. And every, it's super fun. Like everyone's just been talking about it for months at this point. And then we get in the car. Um, and then real life hits as it does. And about an hour outside of Miami, Ashton just starts like projectile vomiting in her car seat everywhere, like all over her out of nowhere. We're on the highway. Like her clothes are covered. Her, her, the seat in front of her is covered. Her blanket that she was holding is covered. Um, everything, like the toys she was holding, everything. And I'm like, pull over, pull over. And Jeff's driving. He was like on the phone or something. So he's like, what, what, what? It's this whole thing. He pulls over. Um, we clean her up. I didn't think too much of it because I had noticed that she had already, like the minute we got in the car, she had already dug into the Oreos and the Pirate's Booty and the Doritos and like three packs of applesauce pouches <laughs> all before 8 a.m. So I kind of just attributed it to that, right? Like she ate so much crap that her body couldn't handle it and was just like expelling it, which I get. Um, so I'm like, okay, it's good. She's good. She doesn't seem to be feeling off. She's clean. I'm clean. We get back in the car. We take off. Um, 30 minutes later, she does it again. <laughs> And I climb into the back seat, which I'm sure all of you have done at some point or another. And Jeff's driving and I'm just trying to like clean her up. 
Her car seat is soaking wet from me, like, using wipes to try to clean up all the puke. She's crying because she's puking and it's uncomfortable. Um, She wants her blanket, which is covered and throw up in a bag in the trunk. But she rallies. I'm, like, holding her hand and sitting back there and we start coloring together. And she doesn't have a fever or anything. She isn't complaining. She doesn't feel well. I don't know if it's, like, the second second born child thing, but this kid's just, like, super super tough. So we finally get to our hotel. We park, we take a shuttle to Magic Kingdom. And guys, I kid you not, we're in, we're like waiting in line for the first ride. And Ashton's just like, I don't feel well. I think I want to throw up. Like, oh man. So Jeff just takes her out of the line. I stay in with Amory. I'm like, okay, at least Amory will be able to ride this, ride this ride, right? And I look over and she hasn't puked, but she's sitting next to Jeff on a bench in like the 100 degree heat and her face is just like white and her eyes are kind of like spacing out and her little head is almost like bobbing and she just looks like she's about to pass out and I'm like Amory we gotta go baby I'm sorry and we like skip past everyone get out of line we grab I grab Ashton we find some shade and we just hide from the heat and the sun and I get her some water and we have a little fan and we just kind of get get something in her and after about 20 minutes like she starts to regain her color and come back a little bit but Jeff and I just look at each other and we're like what do we do <laughs> like what do we do I'm trying to be a responsible parent knowing that my kid is obviously unwell and does not belong at Disney but also having that voice in the back of my head that's like you did not spend all of this money for 15 minutes at Magic Kingdom. Like the girls are going to be so disappointed if we miss our dinner with Cinderella at the castle, especially Amory, who's like feeling great and is has been like talking about this nonstop. And I'll be honest with you guys, like I was feeling a lot of things in that moment and calm wasn't really there initially. Like I was so disappointed for them and for myself that I just felt like crying. I was totally freaked out by Ashton nearly, you know, passing out. I was hot. I was irritable. I was super annoyed that I had just like air quotes, you know, wasted hundreds of dollars. I was irritated with Jeff because he was trying to like sneak Ashton into the exit of one of the the little like theater spaces to get her some air conditioning. Like I was just super, super frustrated And that's really where I just want to land this episode today. And I tell you all of this because I know that you've all experienced something similar, right? You've had like some high hopes, some expectation, some vision of how something's going to go that just falls on its face and fails, like fails miserably. And it's so frustrating. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit. And then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? 
There's five different personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. And I've said it before and I'll, I'll say it again, but I really believe that the single greatest cause of human suffering is our attachment to how things should be. And I say should in air quotes, right? And for me this week, it was like how a day at Magic Kingdom should be and how Disney should be and how family time should be and how, you know, family vacations should be and how my kids should behave and how this experience should be for them and how my husband should behave and how I should behave and how I should show up, like all the freaking shoulds. And it'll make us miserable. And it's not just about Disney or family vacations, you guys. Like it's life's collective shoulds that cause us so much suffering, right? Like how how my mom should have raised me, how my dad should have stuck around, how my ex should have treated me, what my husband should be doing, how how my own childhood should have been. All of these shoulds. And the minute that we're able to reframe those shoulds and the minute that we're able to understand that life, like truly understand and appreciate that life is actually happening for us and not to us, everything changes, friends. It doesn't mean that we don't feel the pain. It doesn't mean that we bypass reality. It doesn't mean that we just like stay positive and sweep everything under the rug. But what it means is that we lose our attachment to what it should be. We lose our attachment to what should be so that we can accept what is. And when we accept what is, friends, that means we are resilient. We're resilient and that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. It's not being calm 24-7, right? Being calm 24-7 is ridiculous. It is an unrealistic expectation. It is an attachment that will cause you suffering. If you think that a good mom is always calm, you will be severely disappointed with yourself. It's not the goal. And it's not the goal because we are human beings raising and living with other human beings, right? Doing a really hard thing, many of them while experiencing the full range of human emotions, all of which are acceptable, right? There's no good or bad emotions. They're all acceptable. So when everything was just, you know, going wrong to start my trip, I was not standing in Magic Kingdom with a daughter that was about to pass out and another one so disappointed saying like, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. That's not what was going on. I've built enough resilience in my nervous system because of the work that I've been doing for years that I was able to experience all the disappointment of that moment, the sadness, the frustration, like whatever was coming up, right? All of which made sense considering the circumstances, And I didn't try to shove them down. I didn't try to ignore them. I also didn't allow them to derail me. And that's the goal with nervous system regulation. 
When we have healthy neurological fitness, we can experience the ups and downs of life without getting stuck, without getting stuck, being stuck in that dysregulation, right? I'm so annoyed. I'm so sad. I'm so frustrated. Like, oh, this really sucks. I'm so disappointed. Dang it. But, but then I'm like, all right, guys, let's head out. Let's go explore our hotel. Maybe if Ashton's feeling better, we'll hit up the pool or we'll, you know, have a picnic outside when it cools down. And I looked at Jeff and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's bounce. And we left, right? We went back to our hotel. And sure enough, as soon as Ashton was able to like cool off and just recalibrate a little bit, she rallied. And we went out for sushi and ice cream and we just had the best night together. And I say all of that to say that this is just an example of what's available for you too, right? I just wanted this episode to be a reminder that we are not shooting for calm 24-7, not the goal. What we want is a resilient nervous system, a nervous system that can handle all of life, life's stress, life's disappointments, life's frustrations, all of it, the full spectrum. And then we have the tools and the neurological fitness to efficiently return us to a state of regulation. And guys, summer's here. I've opened space to take on three more uh, one-on-one clients this summer. So if this resonates, if this is landing for you, if you're struggling with nervous system dysregulation or emotional regulation, or if you're sick of just feeling out of control with your emotions, snapping at everyone, if you're just perpetually exhausted or you're feeling like something's really off, if you know you're dysregulated, there's a link in the show notes. Grab a free 30-minute call with me. No strings attached. You can just share where you're at. I can offer you some tips. Um, I can also let you know how I might be able to support you further in regulating your nervous system this summer because guys, like forget hot girl summer or I don't don't even know whatever, whatever it's called, like forget it. Learning how to regulate your nervous system this summer, that will be an investment. That will be a summer you will never regret because it will have lifelong impact on every single area of your life. It will impact and affect your children, your marriage, your home, and most of all, it will affect and impact you because you deserve to experience life from a place of regulation and a regulated nervous system. So yes, we will all have days like day one at Disney where everything feels like it's going wrong and it's really frustrating and disappointment, disappointing. But we all have the ability to feel those things and grow in our resilience so we don't have to stay stuck there. I can feel it. I can feel super frustrated, annoyed, angry, disappointed, sad for two minutes and then I can bounce back and I'm not faking it. I'm not brushing it under the rug. I allow myself to feel it and I can bounce back right? I can come back to a state of homeostasis, a state of regulation where I can choose to show up as a conscious parent for my kids. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, They really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. 
I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.